the Lake of the Ozarks' only community radio station. That's right, you've got a hand in it, Lake of the Ozarks, 89.3 KEYK, Osage Beach, Missouri. Stacey Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Monday, December 27th. Take a deeper dive at lakeexpo.com. A sonic boom was heard all over Lake of the Ozarks last week, shaking homes from Lake Ozark to Camdenton. Social media was abuzz about the cause of that big boom, and Boeing has confirmed it was one of their pilots flying high above the lake. The St. Louis-based company said in a statement they are required to conduct these flights under their contract with the federal government. A bald eagle has been rescued after it was found injured on Smithville Lake near Kansas City. The eagle was found by Corporal Brian Bartlett. That's after he received a call about the bird. He transported the eagle to a local vet, but an x-ray found no shotgun injuries or broken wings. Blood tests are being performed to see if the eagle is suffering from lead poisoning or a bacterial infection. Missouri Conservation says the eagle will be kept for rehabilitation. Christmas has passed, but there are still a few days to go to see holiday lights around the lake. From the 27-acre display in Lori to religious-themed displays like the one at the National Shrine of Mary, there's a great holiday display for everyone here at Lake of the Ozarks. Take an evening out with the kids and check out the Osage Beach holiday lights in the park or the Christmas Village at Old Kinderhook for a dose of Christmas fun. For more stories like these, head to lakeexpo.com, download our free app from the App Store and Google Play to get more Lake of the Ozarks news. LakeExpo.com, the lake's trusted news source. Portions of the programming on Key Radio are made possible through a generous donation from LakeExpo.com. LakeExpo.com is a locally owned daily news website connecting residents, second homeowners, visitors, and the boating community to the Lake of the Ozarks. Lake Expo features real estate and boats for sale, upcoming events at the lake, and their exclusive boating club, X-Tow. Download the free Lake Expo app on the App Store and Google Play. LakeExpo.com, the lake's trusted news source. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Monday. Hope your Christmas was good. Now get ready for New Year's week. It was a great day for the Chiefs yesterday. They crushed the Steelers 36-10 for their eighth straight win. They improved to 11-4, and Kansas City wraps up its record sixth straight AFC West Division crown. Patrick Mahomes, three touchdown passes. Starting running back uh, Edward Hilaire uh, left the game with a collarbone injury after scoring a touchdown. Not sure how bad that injury is going to be for him. He's a key part of the offense. And again, the Chiefs have won eight in a row. They do wrap up a playoff spot, winning the division for the sixth straight year. Next week, they'll be on the road to play another hot team in Cincinnati. Now, the Packers have the best record in the league at 12-3. and They won again this week. The Chiefs, Bucks, Rams, and Cowboys all one game behind them at 11-4 and overall. Cincinnati crushed Baltimore. Bengals quarterback Joe Burrows throws for 525 yards. That set a new franchise record. Tampa's win over Carolina clinched their first division title in 14 years. Of course, 
Not winning their division title last year didn't stop them from winning the Super Bowl. Cowboys beat Washington last night, and they clinched their first division title since 18. Congratulations to the Cowboys. AFC playoff standings. The Chiefs, the number one seed in the AFC playoff picture with two games to go, followed by the Titans, Bengals, Bills, Colts, Patriots, and Ravens over in the NFC. Number one seed, Green Bay. Uh, Of course, they've got the best record in the league. Uh, They're followed by the Cowboys, Tampa, the Rams, and then Arizona, the Niners, and the Eagles. So uh, good stuff there. College football, some bowl action today. In in fact, one game has been canceled due to COVID reasons. That's uh, the Military Bowl, Boston College, and East Carolina. They're not going to play that today. They are going to play the Quick Lane Bowl, though. That's Western Michigan against Nevada. They're kicking that one off at uh, 10 a.m. Big week for bowl games, of course. The college football playoff national semis will go on Friday. The first game, number one seed Alabama against number four seed Cincinnati. And the second semi, number two Michigan against number three Georgia. That ought to be a lot of fun. College basketball, 6-6 six and six, Mizzou will be busy Wednesday at Kentucky. And the MSU Bears will be at home Thursday against Evangel. Now be sure to check out KB on TV. That's right, KB show on Lake TV. What's burning? You can catch that on Lake TV on Como Channel 90, free on Roku and Fire Stick, streaming live 24-7, 365 at MyLakeTV.com. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Monday. Programming on Key Radio made possible in part through a generous donation from Victoria Station. Misty Atkinson talks about Victoria Station. We carry nautical pictures. People come to the lake and they want to decorate in lake styles, and so we offer ocean and lake-type things. We also specialize in lots of holiday-themed things from fall and Thanksgiving into Christmas. We have things that you can decorate your home as well as those special things to give as gifts. We are located just off the Case Road exit in Osage Beach, and we're open seven days a week, 9.30 to 5.30. Happy to be the Lake Sounding Board. Community radio for the Lake of the Ozarks. It's 89.3, the key. Hey, and welcome in. 8.08 is our time. Thanks for joining us. Another beautiful day at the Lake of the Ozarks. Hard to believe it's the 27th day of December. As wild and crazy 
as the weather has been in this neck of the woods. We're at 53 degrees now. We do see a few clouds out there this morning. Those clouds don't look to be uh, an issue for us uh, as of yet in terms of any rain or things along those lines. But uh, 58 is the expected high today. We'll drop down to 43 for the overnight low. Could see some occasional rain late tonight. Then back up to 64 for the high again tomorrow and a low of 35. A, a good chance for rain tomorrow, however, mainly in the morning. 52, your high on Wednesday with a low 32. 30, uh, the 30th of this uh, wonderful month of December will hit a high of 53, a low 37, partly cloudy. Mostly cloudy on New Year's Eve with a high of 61, a low of 48. And then for New Year's Day, possibly a rain-snow mix as the cold front will really take hold of the area. We're looking for a high on New Year's Day of 51, but that will be quickly uh, replaced with an overnight low of 14. And then on Sunday, the second day of the new year, we're looking for a high right at the freezing mark and a low of 21. So, again, the bouncing ball we call weather in the Show Me State uh, continues to amaze us with the warm temperatures. But don't be fooled because Mother Nature will come right back in behind us and uh, make sure that we are well aware of uh, who is in control on this day and age. Again, 53 degrees now in Camdenton. Current lake level at uh, Bagnell Dam. Let's uh, give it a quick refresh here so we get you the most current information available. Looks like a 659.11 in river level at 551.55. So there you go. As far as things go, the annual drawdown will begin, of course, next year to compensate for any spring rain uh, that we uh, will receive. So now is the time, probably if you uh, get a little time off for the holidays, to take a good look at your uh, dock, your dock lines, everything that you need to keep an eye on, maybe electric lines and things along those lines that uh, are in and around the area. You can have a couple of nice days to maybe give your dock a decent inspection before that winter drawdown begins. Also, and we'll talk about this here in just a second, we want to welcome in uh, Mr. Bill Mundhausen. Good morning, sir. Good morning. Good Christmas? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, good Christmas. Yeah, good. Went, went and saw my daughter down in Springfield. Good nice, for you. Nice yeah. time. Got out of the area. Yep. Some nice weather to travel in as well. It wasn't for too bad for at all. sure, yeah. Uh, had my son and his fiance over on Christmas Eve, so that was kind of my Christmas present this year. We did not exchange gifts, and the older I get, the more that uh, the gifts are just less and less and less important. Now, if somebody wants to go out and buy me a gift, I'm certainly not going to stop them. <laughs> yeah. But they're not required, and uh, we had a nice time smoked the turkey breast and the ribs, and then they brought down this beautiful, and there's a name for it, and my wife told me what it is, and I'll remember it eventually. It's like a giant, it's not a cheese plate. Um, it's a decorated board, and it had like handles on it, kind of like you would serve somebody breakfast in bed. Uh-huh, yeah. And uh, it's a char, what's it called, char, key, char, something, anyway, uh, something along those lines. My wife knew what it was. What's it got on it? Oh, my Lord, everything. Um it does have cheese and sausage uh-huh. and crackers, but then we also had homemade artichoke dip with uh, the little crostinis, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, pistachios, blueberries, uh, pickles. I mean, it was just, uh, she had taken some brie cheese and decorated it with a Christmas tree in the middle. They actually both worked on it, and it was beautiful. Uh-huh. And that really kind of cut into the uh, the bulk of the, the entree because... We were snacking on that while we were sitting around talking. So uh-huh, yep. uh, everybody still managed to enjoy. She, she made these uh, Brussels sprouts with bacon and all this goodness in there. And then some homemade mac and cheese, which has that nice crust on top. Perfect. Just a, uh-huh. a wonderful opportunity to kick back, relax, enjoy a little wine, a few cocktails, and uh, 
just get caught up. It's nice to, I, I, I appreciate that aspect of, the, of it, I guess, now, just because when you're a little kid, man, you're, you're just waiting for the chance to jump out of bed, run out into the front room, look under the Christmas tree, and hopefully see some presents uh, if, you know, if you were halfway decent. Yep. Some kids get the coal, right? Do you? Yep. My my grandson is four, so that we got a chance to share Christmas with a four year old. That's that, that made it fun. <laughs> yeah, sugar and Christmas presents, mm-hmm. all ramped up. Eight twelve is our time. Now, maybe some of you traditionally take your Christmas tree down right away. I don't know uh, if it's uh, a fake tree, a faux tree. You probably just uh, take it, all the stuff off of it, put it back in the box, store everything, and uh, you know put it some place where you could remember. Where it is, so when you have to look around for it next year, you're not tearing the house apart and, and getting all frustrated because you can't find ornaments or you can't find lights or you can't find this or that or whatever. So uh, some people do that. Some people have live trees, and some people uh, keep them up for a while. I know <laughs> I don't know if it was a, I don't know if it was a Christmas tradition or since my mom was always the one responsible for decorating the tree, uh, if that's why she left it up so much longer i mean it was well into january even close to february sometimes before we took it down yeah i mean you spend so much time putting it up it seems a shame to take it down after two weeks yeah right so just let it be there there but now there are some places around the area where they will take your tree and dispose of it for you now there used to be and i don't know if bridal cave still does it or not they actually put them down there around their docks for crappie beds yeah that that always used to be a popular thing. I saw somebody volunteer on Facebook to pick up your old tree. If we have any of those folks out there, uh, any of those businesses out there or places where you would like folks to uh, drop off their Christmas tree or you can come pick it up, I think in a lot of cases people would probably be more apt to help out if they didn't have to bring it to you if you went to them and got it. Give us a call this morning at 573-633-5395. We'll put out our... Christmas tree collection spots, or maybe you can just drop it off somewhere. You know, you get it all stripped down and everything, uh, tie it to the top of the vehicle, maybe throw it in the uh, bed of the truck, whatever you need to do, secure it down, and you can drop it off. But if there are any places around here that take the Christmas trees to use them for any variety of things, I guess you could maybe mulch it or, uh, again, crappie beds are always fun things. So you can increase the crappie habitat and have a uh, decent uh, season as far as crappie fishing goes. Um, yeah. If you have acreage, you can throw it in the backyard because it just kind of deteriorates and it, it's a place for the birds to build nests and stuff. Whatever you want to do. Yeah. Exactly, whatever you want to do there. Um, so you can do it that way. And, you know, interestingly enough, there were some fish habitats that uh, companies are creating and they use, I'm not quite sure the material. I talked to one of the uh, people in the area that has this man made fish habitat. And they're supposed to be pretty interesting. They come in and they uh, uh, they map out the area, let's say, around your dock or wherever you want this fish habitat. And then they uh, construct one based specifically on uh, the measurements and things that, uh, that you provide. And uh, they're pretty interesting. I guess they can, they can grow them if you'd like something a little bigger. Uh, or they can make it uh, as convenient as you want it. Uh, no big deal. Stefan, good morning, sir, and I hope you and uh, your lovely bride, Ashley, had a wonderful uh, Christmas as well, my friend. It's good to hear from you this morning. Thank you for giving us a listen. And uh, your buddy Jim over there, too. I know Jim. Old Jim's a Missouri 
basketball fan. He's Missouri Tiger basketball. Boy, and they just got walloped last week when they lost the Armed Forces Bowl and the uh, bragging rights game with <laughs> Illinois. Oh, the Tigers. Hmm. But hopefully they'll shake it off. Now, the Chiefs, on the other hand, Chiefs did incredible. They're on an eight-game winning streak, and they face a couple of tough teams. Now, just because they're playing teams that would traditionally not, you know, when you look at the numbers and you look at the various things that make up uh, both teams, that the Chiefs are probably going to be, uh, on paper, looking as good as or better than uh, a lot of teams around the league at this point, playing out of their heads. 36-10 the final yesterday from Arrowhead as they beat uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, which I was happy to see. Uh, however, you still got a couple of tough games. You've got uh, the Bengals that they're going to play in Cincinnati next week, and then you have to travel out for your final game of the regular season to Denver, who is a division rival. Even though the Chiefs have technically wrapped up the AFC West, they haven't beaten uh, the Broncos twice. They beat them once so far this year. They beat the Raiders twice. They uh, won one and lost one to the Chargers, but uh, you know, these teams can typically be a thorn in your side because they know uh, at this point they have everything to gain and nothing to lose. But congratulations to the Chiefs. Great game yesterday. So uh, we'll see how things fare for the rest of the season, and hopefully there won't be any more issues with COVID taking out uh, some of their players. But yesterday, Patrick Mahomes seemed uh, more than willing to give a lot of these different guys an opportunity to catch a pass or passes. And uh, these these uh, these receivers stepped up and answered the call. I mean, the, the biggest uh, missing uh, link as far as the, the Chiefs offense was none other than uh, number 87, Travis Kelsey. But I would imagine he'll probably be back soon. So let's go, Chiefs. Great things uh, going on there. And hopefully that'll get us uh, clenched into the playoffs. And maybe some other things will happen for the Chiefs along the way and they can find themselves in the uh, Super Bowl. Yet again, 573-633-5395. 633-KEYK-5395. Great uh, Christmas uh, card here from the Bratton family. We talked to Rick Bratton, who is running for a state senate. And also, he is a state senator. I'm sorry, he's running for House of Representatives. Um, the U.S. <laughs> House, US of Reps, yes. House of Representatives. He would like to replace Claire McCaskill. When she vacates that seat, uh, not no. Claire McCaskill, Vicky, Vicky Hart, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Yes, right. Anyway, I'm trying to do too much multitasking <laughs> here this morning, obviously. Mrs. Uh, Missouri State Senator explains his gun-toting family Christmas card. I don't know if you've seen this or not, but when we initially took the time to interview him, his wife had sent me a bunch of uh, information on uh, Rick and his family. And they have uh, five kids, and all of the kids, including uh, the littlest one, along with his wife and, um, and Rick Bratton himself, they're all holding firearms. Looks like they've got a variety of different types of rifles here. And I guess maybe some people uh, were a little upset by that. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I've, I've seen things that are more upsetting on the front of a Christmas card than a family uh, exercising the Second Amendment. Yeah, well, he knows which state he's running in, well, so he should true. be okay. Uh, but according to the state senator, it wasn't meant to be controversial, this Christmas card. He said, I've seen several people do it. Bratton admits his family was not the first to come up with this photo idea for their holiday card. 
And it was something that I thought was funny, kind of sends a good message, Bratton said. The state senator says his message in the card is clear and to the point. It's not meant to be offensive to anybody. It's more uh, so to send a message of where we stand on the Second Amendment. The card features Bratton's family holding real weapons like shotguns and assault rifles. Even the youngest of the group has a gun in their hands. Let's, uh, let's, you know, we've got shotguns and we'll say rifles, all right? You want to say assault rifles. That's just to ramp people up, get them all uh, worried about what these people are allowing their children to do, which is obviously learn more about firearms. Education, very important, because you'll notice where the trigger finger is. Uh, of the kids that you can see, you'll notice where that trigger finger is, and it's outside the trigger well. So uh, they obviously know how to handle these weapons. He said, I would uh, much rather train my children to know and respect the tool in which they're handling. Uh, that way there is no such tragedy that occurs or accident. Now, you can't be 100% safe in any situation. There's always going to be maybe something that factors in that could change things. But the most important weapon, no pun intended, in all of this is education. And that's what he seems to be uh, working with his kids on, education. And so it was uh, a, a Christmas card, apparently, that came after two very similar card photos with other lawmakers who were criticized nationally. Bratton says his card has attracted several critics. You know what? If you don't give them any, if you don't give them any voice, if you don't give them any opportunity, then there's really nothing to worry about here. Yeah, you know, you'd asked me if I'd seen his card, and I hadn't. But I did see an article that kind of obtusely referenced it. It didn't mention his name. It just said something about uh, a uh, Missouri politician put out a controversial Christmas card. And I didn't follow up on that stupid story. (laughs) Well, it's not, you know, to me, it's, it's they're just exercising their Second Amendment right. And as long as we're able to do that, I think they can do it any way they choose. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, now, critics say they say that it's not proper or looks like it's just trying to be fear-mongering. So what was it? Was it last week I heard the story of this outhouse? They had like a, uh, a portable toilet. This that is, is about fear-mongering? No, <laughs> about stupid things that they oh, do okay, around Christmas. Okay, yeah. And so what had happened was initially this, uh, this porta potty had been set up because they were doing construction work in this neighborhood. So somebody looked at it and said, hey, here's a great opportunity to decorate it. We'll put lights on it. And so while it was in this neighborhood, while these people were doing repairs, uh, somebody just decorated it, and it took off. And so year after year after year, and I don't know how many years it's been, they put lights on the porta potty <laughs> and then the guy actually rented a porta potty uh-huh. and put lights on it. Right. So I guess it, it's possibly been a couple of years that they've done that, but I, I guess it was such a huge hit. And people found it so exciting to put Christmas lights on a porta potty, and then you you get you know you get upset with a family that wants to show off the ability that they understand and realize and are all about the Second Amendment, including their kids, and that's supposed to be harmful. That's supposed to send uh, some sort of a, a fear mongering message. I mm-hmm. don't necessarily think that's the case. And right. It, it, it's you know he, here's what it boils down to: it's whatever you believe in, and that's the problem. With a lot of things these days, what we believe in, if it offends someone else, well, then we have to take it down or we have to remove it or we have to change it or we have to edit it or we have to make it more 
diverse so everybody can get a warm, fuzzy feeling when they see it. Yeah. But nowadays, we can just make fun of the people who bring up those things. You know, we've yeah. done it for so many years in the past. Yeah. But now we <laughs> have to be, you know, we have to be sensitive to other people's feelings. And I get that. But I don't think poking a little fun at people once in a while is a bad thing. And, yeah, and if you can't, what do they say? If you can't laugh at yourself. And, you know, I, gosh, I used to follow. When I lived in St. Louis, I went to the comedy clubs there all the time. And I saw some of the great comedians before they were, you know, big, big names and uh, didn't do the comedy club thing anymore. And, you know, some of the, I mean, heck, just Andrew Dice Clay alone could make somebody, you know, <laughs> have chest pains, I yeah, guess. I remember you, him, yeah. Yeah, we were talking to Danny Ellison a few days ago about how difficult it is for comedians now because they're just not allowed to make fun of stuff anymore. Yeah. You know, it, I don't know if, if, if you walk into a comedy club and you want to do a set now, uh, a lot of comedians, especially in places like New York and uh, L.A. And, and some of the bigger cities, you know, they just go down to the comedy club one night when they want to test out uh, their act. You know, they mm -hmm. want to try their, their new jokes and skits and, and that on, uh, on the people. But I wonder if you walk into a comedy club now and they hand you like a list of things that you can address. <laughs> yeah. You can talk <laughs> about this, but not like that uh -huh. or, or what have you. And I think it's, uh, it's a little mind-boggling sometimes when, when we get right down to it. Let's uh, jump on the phone line here. I believe we've got a caller and see who in the world is, uh, is wanting to chat with us here this morning. Caller, thanks for joining us here on Key Radio. What's up? Hey, KB. You know, I've been listening to Jim Brewer. You were talking about comedians. Jim Brewer, and um, I really don't listen to Bill Maher, but even Bill Maher, <clears throat> uh, you're seeing a shift in him. All of this cancel culture and, you know, being offended by everything, he's really pushing back on that. And uh, that's, that's kind of a good thing to see because they're realizing that they're coming for them too. And, you know, life's offensive. Um, you can't just go around being offended by every little thing. And ah, that's right. I don't. I, I. I just don't see an issue. I mean, you're talking about the Second Amendment thing. How is that any different than somebody doing masking on a Christmas card? You know, if that's what they believe. Who cares? It, it's just. It's totally ridiculous. And even some of the old school liberals are starting to turn on this. You know, they've just had enough of it. So we'll see where it goes. Well, and, and here's the thing about Jim Burr. For people who don't know, he does that character Goat Boy, which I think is hysterical when he when he does it and then he also yeah it's just it's just how he is he's uh, now i don't know if he smokes marijuana or not but he looks like a stoner he's just got that stoned look on his face all the time and i guess right. he, he kind of plays off of that as well but what is his take on on uh, the approach these days is is he for it against it is uh, is he kind of as you said earlier kind of pushing back Oh, he's got one of the funniest routines I think I've ever seen talking about COVID and masking and all of that. I mean, it, he says everything out loud that the rest of us are thinking. And uh, it's, you know, he's, you can just tell he's very much do your own thing, make your own choice type person, you know. Right. Uh, but, and it's a little bit coarse. Don't get me wrong. You don't want to watch it with kids around. But uh, it's one of the funniest routines I think I've seen quite in quite a long time actually you, you can look it up on youtube or wherever you know will do thank you for the phone call this morning merry christmas to you all right see you yeah. all right jim brewer and, and there are a lot of comedians like that you know uh 
and I don't necessarily think that they cross the line. Uh, I, I think a lot of them know what the line is. Dave Chappelle is another comedian. And, I mean, I think we like certain comics for one reason or another, whether it's, um, you know, they're just really quick-witted or, you know, they tell a good story or they're just a, a generally funny individual. Some of them are, some of them aren't. I, uh, I was intrigued by Lenny Bruce when I first heard some of the stuff that he did, and then I read a book about him. And he's kind of a rather interesting character, or was. He's not around anymore, but very controversial, very cutting edge. Uh, some people would even say a, a, a bit psychotic, <laughs> the way he went mm -hmm. about his, uh, his comedy. So 573-633-5395, good to hear from you, caller, this morning. And uh, we'll talk more with hopefully some of our... Uh, listeners, Dave Boppin will be in here this morning in uh, the 9 o'clock hour, or if he shows up before that, we'll try to get him on here too, talking about uh, Camden County Commission meetings with Among the Dogwoods, his blog, and maybe he's got some good, uh, some good LAPD stories he can, he can talk to us about. Uh, one other thing that I thought was kind of interesting, this is from uh, Missourian.com, Missourian.com, eMissourian.com, I'm sorry. Uh, Grain Belt Express takes first resistant Missouri landowner to court. So these folks want to put up wind farms, and uh, they want, uh, you know, right away, and if they have to, they'll, you know, come get it any way they can. They don't want to have to use eminent domain, but they're willing to. Sure. So uh, progress on this $2 billion transmission line is accelerating a 65% of the route in Missouri and Kansas has been acquired voluntarily. These folks have given in, and I guess they get a nice chunk of change for it. A $2 billion wind energy project spanning the length of northern Missouri is for the first time asking a judge to force a resistant landowner to sell the company an easement on their land. Grain Belt Express, a proposed high-voltage transmission line that would carry 4,000 megawatts of renewable energy from western Kansas to Indiana, has faced fierce criticism from some Missouri landowners and elected officials. And that's where we're going to leave it. That's where we're going to pick up on the other side of our information block here this morning, where we do have Stacy Johnson standing by from LakeExpo.com, your trusted news source, and the one, the only, the living legend, Chris Schneider from Lake TV, taking care of sports for us this morning on Key Radio. Stacey Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Monday, December 27th. Take a deeper dive at lakeexpo.com. A sonic boom was heard all over Lake of the Ozarks last week, shaking homes from Lake Ozark to Camdenton. Social media was abuzz about the cause of that big boom, and Boeing has confirmed it was one of their pilots flying high above the lake. The St. Louis-based company said in a statement they are required to conduct these flights under their contract with the federal government. A bald eagle has been rescued after it was found injured on Smithville Lake near Kansas City. The eagle was found by Corporal Brian Bartlett. That's after he received a call about the bird. He transported the eagle to a local vet, but an x-ray found no shotgun injuries or broken wings. Blood tests are being performed to see if the eagle is suffering from lead poisoning or a bacterial infection. Missouri Conservation says the eagle will be kept for rehabilitation. 
Christmas has passed, but there are still a few days to go to see holiday lights around the lake. From the 27-acre display in Lori to religious-themed displays like the one at the National Shrine of Mary, there's a great holiday display for everyone here at Lake of the Ozarks. Take an evening out with the kids and check out the Osage Beach holiday lights in the park or the Christmas Village at Old Kinderhook for a dose of Christmas fun. For more stories like these, head to lakeexpo.com, download our free app from the App Store and Google Play to get more Lake of the Ozarks news. LakeExpo.com, the lake's trusted news source. Portions of the programming on Key Radio are made possible through a generous donation from LakeExpo.com. LakeExpo.com is a locally owned daily news website connecting residents, second homeowners, visitors, and the boating community to the Lake of the Ozarks. Lake Expo features real estate and boats for sale, upcoming events at the lake, and their exclusive boating club, X-Toe. Download the free Lake Expo app on the App Store and Google Play. LakeExpo.com, the lake's trusted news source. Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Monday. Hope your Christmas was good. Now get ready for New Year's week. It was a great day for the Chiefs yesterday. They crushed the Steelers 36-10 for their eighth straight win. They improved to 11-4, and Kansas City wraps up its record sixth straight AFC West Division crown. Patrick Mahomes, three touchdown passes, starting running back uh, Edward Hilaire, uh, left the game with a collarbone injury after scoring a touchdown. Not sure how bad that injury is going to be for him. He's a key part of the offense. And again, the Chiefs have won eight in a row. They do wrap up a playoff spot, winning the division for the sixth straight year. Next week, they'll be on the road to play another hot team in Cincinnati. Now, the Packers have the best record in the league at 12-3. and They won again this week. The Chiefs, Bucks, Rams, and Cowboys all one game behind them at 11-4 and overall. Cincinnati crushed Baltimore. Bengals quarterback Joe Burrows throws for 525 yards. That set a new franchise record. Tampa's win over Carolina clinched their first division title in 14 years. Of course, not winning their division title last year didn't stop them from winning the Super Bowl. Cowboys beat Washington last night, and they clinched their first division title since 18. Congratulations to the Cowboys. AFC playoff standings. The Chiefs, the number one seed in the AFC playoff picture with two games to go, followed by the Titans, Bengals, Bills, Colts, Patriots, and Ravens. Over in the NFC, number one seed, Green Bay, uh, of course, they've got the best record in the league. Uh, they're followed by the Cowboys, Tampa, the Rams, and then Arizona, the Niners, and the Eagles. So uh, good stuff there. College football, some bowl action today. In, in fact, one game has been canceled due to COVID reasons. That's uh, the Military Bowl, Boston College, and East Carolina. They're not going to play that today. They are going to play the Quick Lane Bowl, though. That's Western Michigan against Nevada. They're kicking that one off at uh, 10 a.m. Big week for bowl games, of course. The college football playoff national semis will go on Friday. The first game, number one seed Alabama against number four seed Cincinnati. And the second semi, number two Michigan against number three Georgia. That ought to be a lot of fun. 
College basketball, 6-6 six and six, Mizzou, will be busy Wednesday at Kentucky. And the MSU Bears will be at home Thursday against Evangel. Now be sure to check out KB on TV. That's right, KB show on Lake TV, What's Burning? You can catch that on Lake TV on Como Channel 90, free on Roku and Fire Stick, streaming live 24-7-365 at MyLakeTV.com. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Monday. Key Radio is financially supported in part by generous giving from Firefly Valley Farms, coffee roasters and beverage solutions. Firefly Valley Farms believes coffee is a big deal. It's their passion. They owned a coffee shop for 11 years and have been roasting coffee since 2006. When you order coffee, they freshly roast it and ship it directly to your home or office and you enjoy. Nothing compares to coffee this fresh. Firefly Valley Farms also takes pride in supporting growers that utilize ethical and sustainable processing practices. In addition to coffee, they have a family-owned and operated fruit orchard nestled at the bottom of Hudson Hollow on the banks of the Little Niangua River in Roach, Missouri. Firefly Valley Farms protects our land, rivers, our bees, and our bodies by using only organic pest management. Learn more online at fireflyvalleyfarms.com. This is your chance to get involved in Community Radio Lake of the Ozarks with 89.3, The Key. All right, and here we go. Thank you. Thank you for joining us uh, back with uh, more of this first hour of The Daily Show on The Key, Key Radio at 89.3, also keyradio.live. We've got an Android app. We've got an iPhone app. Soon we'll have uh, bumper stickers. We're going to paint, uh, we're going to paint Bill up in a, in a big yeah. suit and let him run through town. Yeah, we need a blimp. I think we need a blimp. We need our own blimp. Uh-huh. So if you'd like to, uh, we'll start We'll start passing the hat for the blimp fund. Yeah. I think what we need to do is we need to get out in the public a little bit and do some live stuff. Show up on location, you know. Do the show in the morning. I mean, we, all you got to do is pack this stuff up and plug it in and have uh, decent Wi-Fi and you're yep. good to go. That's right. So uh, any of you out there who would like to maybe have us come into your business and, yeah. uh, and set up shop, we'd love to do that. 573-633-5395. Let us know. Or maybe uh, you could call myself or Bill off the air, and uh, we could sit down or contact us by email, whatever you want to do. Maybe we'll come out and set up and, uh, and see who shows up. But whoever shows up, you've got to bring us breakfast, donuts. <laughs> I'm, I'm partial to the Mexican uh-huh. omelet. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> a little coffee, whatever you like to do. Maybe we could have our friends from Firefly Valley Farms come out and, and set up shop. 8.38, Dave Moppin on the program this morning in the 9 o'clock hour, or as I said, whenever he rolls in, we might just uh, have him uh, pull on up to the mic and start uh, telling us about these wonderful Camden County Commission meetings. Gentlemen, as we mentioned before, is uh, being a bit resistant to this uh, group that's planning a $2 billion transmission line, this uh, group, they are Grain Belt Express, and they're taking their first resistant Missouri landowner to court. Um, They are asking uh, a judge to force a resistant landowner to sell the company an easement on their land. Uh, In September, it filed a petition for condemnation against a farmer from Gower, I hope I pronounced that properly, capital G-O-W-E-R, Named Bradley Horn, a hearing in the case was originally scheduled last week in the Circuit Court of Buchanan County. 
uh, but was delayed until February 2nd. The company is arguing that Horn did not accept the written offer for the property interests, and later negotiations were unsuccessful. It marks the first time Grain Belt Express has taken a resistant landowner to court. A judge can appoint three disinterested residents of the county, <laughs> disinterested, <laughs> who have to assess the just compensation for Horn. Horn's attorney declined comment. Uh, so this Grain Belt Express got its approval from the Missouri Public Service Commission in 2019. The decision was criticized by some because it granted the private company the right to obtain easements through eminent domain. Yet the company has always insisted it would only use that procedure as a last resort to acquire 1,700 parcels of land in Kansas and Missouri. Well, of course they're going to use it as a last resort. Sure. They want to be friends with everybody, you know. Mm -hmm. And so I guess we'll have to see how all of this plays out. But but the last resort means is if the property owner doesn't, doesn't uh, accept our offer, we'll take it. Yeah, isn't that great? Yeah. Bring the feds in to, uh, to lay the the smackdown on this guy <laughs> if he won't give up his land. Yeah. According to Patrick Witte, vice president of the uh, Project's parent company in Venergy Transmission, Grain Belt, rather, has now completed right-of-way acquisition through voluntary easement agreements for approximately 65% of the route in Missouri and Kansas compared to only one-third completed at the start of the year. So, I don't know... Uh, they dig up some dirt on you or something? So does this last guy own 35% of the Well, he's not the last or? one, but he's one of the ones that's being... He's the resistant he, one. He's one of the resistant ones. Hmm. At the beginning of the year, the company had made payments uh, to the tune of $4.9 million to landowners in Missouri combined. As it stands today, that figure is $8.5 million. Um, but apparently, there's a little bit of... Uh, I don't know, you want to call it risks involved in this. Uh, they say the road ahead to complete the Grain Belt Express project remains long and bumpy. And, and, and then they, they don't really go into explanation, any kind of an explanation. There's as nothing, to nothing long, worse than a long and bumpy long, road. Exactly. You've know, <laughs> you got to smooth out the road. That it only could, makes sense. It could be a long and winding and bumpy road, I guess. Whatever. <laughs> exactly. So in the summer of 2020, Invenergy announced the transmission line would deliver more energy to Missouri than originally anticipated, doubling its uh, investment in the state to $1 billion. The Public Service Commission uh, still has to approve the extended plan, and after years of litigation and regulatory proceedings involving the project, that could once again stir up opposition to the transmission line. It uh, could also fuel continued efforts by Grain Belt uh, Express critics to push Missouri lawmakers to pass legislation undermining the project. You mean kind of like shutting down the Keystone Pipeline? Yeah, yeah. Earlier this year, a bill requiring that Grain Belt Express get resolutions of support from county commissions in each of the uh, counties in the project's path cleared the Missouri House but died in the Missouri Senate. So here you go. You got this guy doesn't really want to give up his land, you know, for whatever reason, and they don't go into detail as to why he's being resistant. But now they're going to sick a judge on him and tell old Judgy Wudgy, uh, you know, we've got to do everything in our power no pun intended, uh -huh. to get this guy <laughs> to give up his land. And if all else fails, we'll, uh, we'll introduce eminent domain and just take it from him. Yeah. You know, we had this conversation off air, but all of these stories, the, the amazing thing about journalism now is none of them, other than Dave Maupin, tell you the full story. 
They just tell you... Uh, Dave is in the room, by the way. Dave is in the room, <laughs> yes. Thanks, thanks for bringing me on. I tried to drive a little fast when I heard I was supposed to come in early. Uh, hey, okay. No, man, it's, it's whenever you show up. You don't have to be here early. I know. I, j- I just have enough tra- trouble keeping track of what day it is at this point. If they're tired <laughs> well, this is the last time you'll have to do it on Monday. You go back to Friday's <laughs> next week. Uh, yeah, next week, so... Right. Does that mean... Not or no, wait, no. He, no, he will do it again <laughs> on Monday. I'm sorry. <laughs> He'll do another Monday. That's fine. You can do Monday, you can do Friday, you can do both of them if you want. I'm, yeah. op- I'm open all week. Okay. As as long as we get some uh, some cool, you know, high pursuit stories or something like yeah, that. I'll make sure. Anyhow, journalists never have to give you all the facts. They they write these. It's I don't know how you qualify to be I a journalist. I think they're too busy. They're too busy. They're too busy to give us all the facts because they've got deadlines. So they 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 cut down on the important things in the story. Like yeah. the content necessary to understand it a little bit better, like long exactly. and bumpy road. Right. I mean, I- exactly. What is this property owner giving up? Does he have one acre? Does he have a thousand acres? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my experience out here has been if they can't do the interview over the phone, they're not going to do the story. Basically. Oh uh, yeah. Okay. There's no more showing up <laughs> and watching it for yourself. <laughs> right. Yes. Well, he said they they've been able to get their hands on about sixty five percent of what they're looking for voluntarily, you know. 65% uh, of the land has been uh, has has been given to them uh, to utilize and and like I said, I'm sure they, you know, they pay a pretty penny for it. No, well, if I had land and I had no plan for it, I guess I wouldn't mind getting paid to put a, an electric line through, but if I was a farmer and I was farming the land, I might not like a bunch of towers in my in a grain field, you know? Right, and it's not just going to be towers, right? They have to then build roads so they can get out there and service the lines. And yeah, so it's right. going to be significantly more than just a couple of big towers on your land. Yeah, and here they are coming onto your property, and you don't know when they're coming. You don't know why they're coming. They just show up. And depending on what kind of crops you have, or maybe it's uh, cattle, or maybe it's pigs, or maybe it's uh, whatever. Yeah, I love the 65% number. It means basically really a third of the people said no. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the way you can look at numbers, I guess. That's how it all falls together. That's absolutely right. So we'll keep an eye on the story and see if this uh, gentleman, Bradley Horn, uh, ends up giving in or if they take the land from him. And we go back to... Uh, a situation that happened out there in, uh, it was Nevada, right? Nevada. Is this Nevada or Nevada? Nevada, <laughs> the state of, I don't, whatever you want to call it, like Versailles or Versailles, whatever. Yeah, okay. maybe, they're, maybe they're saying it wrong, out the yeah. state. <laughs> well, when, the, uh, when, the, when the, you know, the, the folks came in and uh, took, not, um, Clive and Bundy's land. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, just, uh, they were going to take it, and then those people stood up to him. Mm-hmm. And now, from what I understand, you know, he's in court, or the, the family's in court, and he's winning some of these court cases. But, obviously, there's no need to put that anywhere in uh, right. in a newscast for us to hear about. Yeah, that, that's not the story. And it's years later. I mean, yeah. did you really get satisfaction from winning at that point? They bring in the feds, and, you know, then, then the people said, fine, well, we'll back uh, Clive and Bundy. And, uh, yeah, I, from what I understand, he's starting to win some of those cases. I'll... I'll look into that during the break and see if we can find anything on that. But that is uh, that's good news. And well, now that Dave's here, we might not have time for that, but we'll we'll try to work it in. Yeah, I've got a lot of stuff. I even brought handouts for you guys. <laughs> handouts. <laughs> All right, that's great. I things enjoy. that we can show on the air, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm really big on the visual displays on the radio show. Uh-huh, yeah. We'll just have to have a page where maybe we, you know, th- the next thing after this is a camera. So. Oh yeah, I don't know if that's a good idea. We can mount a camera in here. 
Uh, and speaking of entities that provide us with power, I don't know if you are a customer of Ameren, Missouri, but it looks like uh, rate hikes have been approved by the PSC for electric as well as gas. And the Missouri Public Service Commission has approved rate increases for Ameren, Missouri electric and gas customers. The two rate hikes will take effect in late February. Under the electric rate case agreement, Ameren will increase annual electric revenues by approximately $220 million effective for service rendered on or after February 28th. When Ameren, Missouri filed its electric rate request with the PSC in March, it sought to increase annual electric revenues by approximately $299 million. According to a PSC news release, this makes... uh, or rather, this is the first general electric rate increase for Ameren, uh, Missouri, since March of 2017. One of the remaining issues for the PSC to determine in the electric rate case is how the revenue increase will be distributed among the various customers, classes. They'll talk about, uh, I guess, like residential, commercial, industrial. Uh, that will be addressed in a future order from the PSC. So they're going to go ahead and give them the thumbs up and say, you can increase the rates and we'll worry about where the money's going later. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, 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 no. Under the natural gas rate case agreement, Ameren will increase annual natural gas revenues by approximately $5 million effective for service rendered on or after February 28th. Ameren had sought to increase annual natural gas revenues by approximately $9.4 million. The last Ameren, Missouri General Natural Gas Rate increase was in January of 2011. And I guess they could make the case that just like everything else, you know, prices on stuff go up, and then we have to be able to compensate for that. Yeah. Just recently, we've been shopping for two things personally. One is for a house, and uh, the other is for a car. And it used to be the magic number for us with vehicles. We always would buy something two or three years old. Sure. It was 20000 You can't get anything for 20000 anymore. It's Not crazy. At all. No. Well, with the way that, uh, you know, COVID has kind of driven the narrative on everything, mm-hmm. uh, I guess there have been, I don't know about either one of you, uh, but I know some people who purchased new vehicles and they'd get a, car, a call from the car dealer wanting to buy it back. Yeah. Yep. And if you go to a used car lot, heck, man. And then you have the chip shortage on top of it, so getting yeah. the, a new car is difficult. Yeah. Maybe yeah. I'll keep my 97 Jeep Grand Cherokee <laughs> we, uh, we, until we, she just I kind of thought you were going <laughs> to. Well, I, uh, I, I said I'm going to run it till it dies. Wherever it dies, we're going to have a little ceremony for it. Uh, we'll call in whatever we need to uh, get all the stuff out of it, and, and then it'll just... Sooner or later, the floor will rust through, you know. Well. <laughs> yeah, it's, I got a, a used truck. 2019 ram maybe right before all this stuff started to happen and i think part of the problem is they're making the truck so nice and the car so nice that now nobody can actually afford to drive the cars like, right i mean mm-hmm. there's stuff in my truck i still don't know what it does it just <laughs> i get a random beep or a warning for doing something and like if i swerve to the side or yeah I, I can never tell what's going on with that truck and that's the thing about these uh, vehicles i mean th- they have the little uh, sensor that uh, keeps you in your lane, you know, and, and also if somebody's coming up on either side of you, so if you have a blind spot, if you're getting close, like let's say you're pulling up to a stoplight and there's someone in front of you, there's a system in there that'll break for you too. And, and now they've got vehicles that drive themselves, can park themselves. What do they need me for? I'll just send the vehicle to the store, call ahead, have somebody come out, load it up with whatever I need, and then... Uh, uh, program it to come back to the house. Yeah, I'm just happy if it has a cup holder for my dip cup. That's <laughs> it. 
That's what that's called, right? That dip cup holder? That's the dip cup holder. (laughs) Uh, The good old dip cup. (laughs) How was Christmas, Dave? It was good. I got it. It was a a good Missouri Christmas. My dad came down. I got a gun cleaning kit uh, for Christmas. So that was happy, like an all caliber gun cleaning kit. So I can, no matter what caliber it is, I can clean it. So now I just have to start cleaning them. That's it. That is is part of the process. You acquire them, you uh, load them and fire them, and then uh, on occasion it's a good idea to clean them. I mean, I got a couple AK-47s, and I don't think you have to clean them. I've heard they're, right. they might shoot better after they've been buried in the mud for a couple months. <laughs> uh, I went with somebody one time, and we had an AK-47, and so we thought we would put it to the test, right? So we went out to the range, took it all apart, threw dirt in it, put it all back together, and boy, it was psh, oh, didn't yeah. miss a beat better. I mean... Mm. Did not miss a beat. You can put these things in water. You can put them in dirt. You can put them in sand. Eventually, you're going to have to clean it out. I mean, you can't keep doing that and expect it to, to fire. Uh, you know, you might have a a problem or issue with the firing pin or something like that. Sounds, but Sounds like my kind of rifle. Yeah, it yeah. is, man. I mean, you can do just... <laughs> And and uh, and SKSs are the same way. They're they're right. pretty. They can take a the, I, like a Timex. I do have one of them. Yeah. So I'm probably well, okay then. They were designed to be used by people who don't know how to clean yeah, them. Exactly. <laughs> That's right. I think everybody in Switzerland has one of those. What right do now. you uh, what variety do you have? The SKS. Uh, Seven sixty-two thirty-nine. Right, but I mean, what country was it? Oh, made in? Uh, I think it's Yugoslavian. Wow. Yeah, the, the my I've Romanian. I think the those. Warsaw packed ones are some of the best ones. The okay. Chinese ones aren't as good. I had a Chinese SKS, and I'll tell you what, it was uh, it, it took a licking and kept on ticking, man. I, it, it, that's just about the only way I know to describe it. Yeah, the Soviet strategy was if you're AK-47 jams, just pick the AK-47 up from the dead guy next to you and start <laughs> using his. <laughs> Speaking of which, that's an interesting topic that you bring up because I guess the Soviets are uh, kind of uh, massing along the Ukrainian border. They want to come over into the Ukraine and say, uh, uh, you know, what's ours is ours and what's yours is ours. Mm. So they talk a li- They talk just, you get maybe a 15, 20, 30 second little hit on it, maybe once or twice a week in the news on this. Yeah. And then once the Soviets invade the Ukraine, then everybody's like, oh my gosh, what's going on here? We didn't know about this. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's a big shock. Yeah, I just hope it happens before Joe Biden gets out there, because if they have to evacuate Joe Biden, that last evacuation didn't go very well. <laughs> so hopefully he makes it out OK. We shall see. Joe Biden apparently celebrated Kwanzaa. I don't know how Joe Biden would celebrate Kwanzaa. Celebrate it all. Celebrate everything. Now, they said that that isn't really a holiday, that it's not like a, a I guess it all depends on who you ask. Yeah, it's a holiday for anybody who says it is. Right? Well, like uh, uh, Festivus. What's Festivus? That's a holiday, right? Yeah, that's a holiday. Is that from Seinfeld? What is yeah. that? Festivus. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, you can really, you can celebrate anything you want to celebrate and make it a holiday. Generally, America. the federal government declares everything a holiday if anybody says it is. True. We don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, right? That's right. right. We want to acknowledge everybody. We're all Americans. Yes, we are. 8.55 is our time. Real estate doing well in the state of Missouri. Homeownership, uh, the rate, uh, by the numbers, they say, at 72.2%. The homeowner vacancy rate, get this, 0.7%. It's hard to find a home in the Absolutely. state of Missouri. You, but c- you find it for one day and then it's gone. But then the oh. building, the, the the building of homes hasn't really taken off for a while. I mean, there's right. there's been a shortage. I was reading there. I guess 
somewhere in the neighborhood of close to 300,000 less homes built between 2001 and 2020. Hmm. But uh, the rental vacancy rate at 6.9%. Occupied housing units, 2,458,337. And they break it down, I guess, uh, owner-occupied home homes or housing units, as they call it, 1,650,019. Renter-occupied housing units, 808,318. Then they got all kinds of other stuff about uh, the type of heating that's used. It's kind of the perfect storm because all of the building materials are so expensive. That's why people aren't building houses so much. And labor. And labor. Yeah. Now, new building permits, 19839 for a total of over $4 million. And then uh, manufactured homes shipped to uh, our state, 1084 Average sale price on one of those is $79,400. You find yourself five acres, get a little water, get a little sewer, get it, some electric. It sounds so simple, but there's so many lots now where you're not allowed to put a mobile home. So well, these it's are hard man- to find such there's a thing. There's no mobile homes Or a anymore. manufactured home. It's manufactured home, home. Yes. yeah. Modular? Do they modular? No, that's modular. <laughs> no. <laughs> a different thing. Down here, you still hear people talking about their double wide. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> they're nice though they make some of them they're really nice now my yeah, grandparents yeah. had a, a a new one and this is years ago that they put in and i mean it it was like a palace it was beautiful I yeah mean, i had the only double wide in uh, lynn creek for a long time wow it, it used to belong to the mayor that's why it was the only one but everybody looked up to bill <laughs> here comes double wide well, get out of his way double well, wide they had to look up to you because it was like three feet off the ground you know yeah everyone's like don't get him talking about his double wide again yeah. bragger <laughs> you don't have a basement but there's plenty of room underneath for storage yes yeah, so you have to fight all the critters living under there but yeah i thought, you know, that's, I thought that's where the dogs live yeah <laughs> the dogs and the cats that's where all our feral cats came from under somebody's double wide uh-huh 8.57 is our time. 52 degrees, beautiful day, high of 58. We'll run down the weather forecast coming up in just a bit. And uh, talk to our good buddy Dave Moppin. Was there a, a lot of activity last week, Dave, or was it uh, a little slow? We had we had one commission meeting, so that's not going to probably take too long. But I did do a little, a little because Lake of the Ozarks has been dealing with their school district recently, so... Uh, that's uh. over at School of the Osage. So I did a little bit of research into some of the stuff that's been coming up. Uh, mo- mainly as just a parent who's become aware of it. And you can really get overwhelmed by some of the information that's out there. So I kind of just looked into it and figured we'd talk about it also. So. Let's take a phone call before we hit the uh, top of the hour and see what is on the caller's mind here this morning. It's a double-wide thing. Got it's a, yeah, we got, we, got, we, we got the double-wide thing going here this morning. Caller, good morning. You're on, uh, on Key Radio. What's up? Hey, good morning, man. I know uh, I know you're short on time here. We got the top of the hour, but uh, you're talking about these new cars earlier and what they'll do. And I tell you what, they're they're kind of built for I don't know, say it for idiots or something, because they'll tell you if somebody you don't have to pay any attention to nothing anymore. They're coming. They'll tell you people coming up beside you. Tell you if you're drifting too close to one lane or the other. I think they're built for people who use their cell phone while they're driving. Yeah, that's right. They got that Tesla that you can go to sleep in. It'll wake you up when you get home. That's <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I, I don't like them. I mean, they'll, they'll it'll automatically slow you down if they if it thinks you're getting too close with cruise control on. Uh, we've got a new one. I, I I just don't like all those features. I just want something up. I'm a driver. I like to drive, and I just want I need control of that vehicle. I don't want the vehicle taking control over. You know. 
And you can't get the stripped-down model anymore, man. We're just like uh, gauges, maybe a stick shift. You've got your gas pedal, you got your brake and your steering wheel, maybe a seat belt. Uh, you know, and, and, and I used to drive kind of like a stripped-down Toyota years ago, and it didn't have much of anything in it, just, you know, an engine, transmission, tires, things that you needed to make the vehicle go. Uh, but it was all stripped down, and uh, I loved it to death because you, you literally, I mean, you couldn't do anything in that vehicle in terms of, you know, distracted driving or else you were in a ditch or, you know, you were having a conversation with somebody uh, exchanging insurance information. Yeah, my, it's got that beeping thing on my truck that I call wife number two. It'll basically <laughs> say my wife will be like, see, even the truck thinks you're following that car too closely. <laughs> All right. Great show this morning, guys. I'll listen to you a little bit here. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate your phone call, and thanks for turn, turning us on, tuning us in, and we will uh, look forward to hopefully hearing from more folks uh, next hour, 573-633-5395. It is time for the information break at the top of the hour. Stacy Johnson with LakeExpo.com, your trusted news source. Chris Schneider with Lake TV taking a look at sports on Key Radio. The Lake of the Ozarks only community radio station. That's right, you've got a hand in it, Lake of the Ozarks. 89.3 KEYK, Osage Beach, Missouri. I'm Stacy Johnson. And this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Monday, December 27th. Take a deeper dive at lakeexpo.com. A sonic boom was heard all over Lake of the Ozarks last week, shaking homes from Lake Ozark to Camdenton. Social media was abuzz about the cause of that big boom, and Boeing has confirmed it was one of their pilots flying high above the lake. The St. Louis-based company said in a statement they are required to conduct these flights under their contract with the federal government. A bald eagle has been rescued after it was found injured on Smithville Lake near Kansas City. The eagle was found by Corporal Brian Bartlett. That's after he received a call about the bird. He transported the eagle to a local vet, but an x-ray found no shotgun injuries or broken wings. Blood tests are being performed to see if the eagle is suffering from lead poisoning or a bacterial infection. Missouri Conservation says the eagle will be kept for rehabilitation. Christmas has passed, but there are still a few days to go to see holiday lights around the lake. From the 27-acre display in Lori to religious-themed displays like the one at the National Shrine of Mary, there's a great holiday display for everyone here at Lake of the Ozarks. Take an evening out with the kids and check out the Osage Beach holiday lights in the park or the Christmas Village at Old Kinderhook for a dose of Christmas fun. For more stories like these, head to lakeexpo.com, download our free app from the App Store and Google Play to get more Lake of the Ozarks news. LakeExpo.com, the lake's trusted news source. Portions of the programming on Key Radio are made possible through a generous donation from LakeExpo.com. LakeExpo.com is a locally owned daily news website connecting residents, second homeowners, visitors, and the boating community to the Lake of the Ozarks. Lake Expo features real estate and boats for sale, upcoming events at the lake, and their exclusive boating club, X-Toe. Download the free Lake Expo app on the App Store and Google Play. LakeExpo.com, the lake's trusted news source. I'm 
Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Monday. Hope your Christmas was good. Now get ready for New Year's week. It was a great day for the Chiefs yesterday. They crushed the Steelers 36-10 for their eighth straight win. They improved to 11-4, and Kansas City wraps up its record sixth straight AFC West Division crown. Patrick Mahomes, three touchdown passes, starting running back uh, Edward Hilaire, uh, left the game with a collarbone injury after scoring a touchdown. Not sure how bad that injury is going to be for him. He's a key part of the offense. And again, the Chiefs have won eight in a row. They do wrap up a playoff spot, winning the division for the sixth straight year. Next week, they'll be on the road to play another hot team in Cincinnati. Now, the Packers have the best record in the league at 12-3. and They won again this week. The Chiefs, Bucks, Rams, and Cowboys all one game behind them at 11-4 and overall. Cincinnati crushed Baltimore. Bengals quarterback Joe Burrows throws for 525 yards. That set a new franchise record. Tampa's win over Carolina clinched their first division title in 14 years. Of course, not winning their division title last year didn't stop them from winning the Super Bowl. Cowboys beat Washington last night, and they clinched their first division title since 18. Congratulations to the Cowboys. AFC playoff standings. The Chiefs, the number one seed in the AFC playoff picture with two games to go, followed by the Titans, Bengals, Bills, Colts, Patriots, and Ravens. Over in the NFC, number one seed, Green Bay, Uh, Of course, they've got the best record in the league. Uh, They're followed by the Cowboys, Tampa, the Rams, and then Arizona, the Niners, and the Eagles. So uh, good stuff there. College football, some bowl action today. In in fact, one game has been canceled due to COVID reasons. That's uh, the Military Bowl, Boston College, and East Carolina. They're not going to play that today. They are going to play the Quick Lane Bowl, though. That's Western Michigan against Nevada. They're kicking that one off at uh, 10 a.m. Big week for bowl games, of course. The college football playoff national semis will go on Friday. The first game, number one seed Alabama against number four seed Cincinnati. And the second semi, number two Michigan against number three Georgia. That ought to be a lot of fun. College basketball, 6-6 six and six, Mizzou will be busy Wednesday at Kentucky. And the MSU Bears will be at home Thursday against Evangel. Now be sure to check out KB on TV. That's right, KB show on Lake TV, What's Burning? You can catch that on Lake TV on Como Channel 90, free on Roku and Fire Stick, streaming live 24-7, 365 at MyLakeTV.com. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Monday. Programming on Key Radio made possible in part through a generous donation from Victoria Station. Misty Atkinson talks about Victoria Station. We carry nautical pictures. People come to the lake and they want to decorate in lake styles, and so we offer ocean and lake type things. We also specialize in lots of holiday themed things from fall and Thanksgiving into Christmas. We have things that you can decorate your home as well as those special things to give as gifts. We are located just off the Case Road exit in Osage Beach, and we're open seven days a week, 9.30 to 5.30. 
happy to be the lake sounding board. Community radio for the Lake of the Ozarks. It's 89.3, the key. Right back here on the Daily Show now at 9.08 with 52 degrees. 52 degrees. Watching the uh, mercury bounce around a little bit here. 58, the expected high today. 43 with a chance of some occasional rain late tonight. Then uh, 64, the high tomorrow with morning showers possible and a low of 35. Then 52 on Wednesday. Again, morning clouds, sunshine by the afternoon. Partly cloudy on Thursday with a high of 53, a low 37. New Year's Eve, we'll look for a high of 61, a low 48, and a mostly cloudy sky. Showers possible, maybe some snow showers is what they're talking on Saturday. High of 51, low of 14, and then for Sunday, sunny, a high of 32 and a low of 21. We still continue bouncing around where we'll, again, make it into uh, the 50s, uh, low 50s next week, and then hover right around low to mid 40s for the rest of the week and into the weekend. So a lot to, again, get us... uh, kind of situated as far as winter weather. Everybody reaches for the gloves and the hat and the heavy coat. And then all of a sudden, Mother Nature whips around and uh, gives us 60 and 70 degree weather. Current lake level at the Bangle Dam, 659.13. River level at 551.54. And before we uh, start our conversation with uh, Dave Moppin, a quick rundown of programming for the day on Key Radio. Daily show, of course, is what you're listening to now, and we'll start the rebroadcast of that again at 4 o'clock this afternoon, and then at midnight tonight, we'll follow this program with the BS Nation, Matt Burns and Ike Skelton, Grow, Thrive, and Inspire, Remax uh, Realtors here at the Lake of the Ozarks, the Artichoke Heart, uh, that uh, musical program that we do have, and we'd like some more musical programs along the lines of the Ozark Highlands, Jim Paisley, Professor Jim Paisley, with the True History Professor Program, and we'll round out the eight-hour block with the Key Ozarks podcast. Of course, Bill Mundhausen heads that up. Dave Moppin joining us this morning. And, uh, of course, we'll uh, start things off with a, I guess, a report from uh, the most recent uh, commission meeting. There was, there was one last week? There was one. Just yes. one. Okay. Well, what do we get to look forward to hearing about here? Yeah, I, I want to first just start off by saying I've already gotten some audience feedback from mm-hmm. our earlier minutes. And I just want to say... Uh, I really appreciate the feedback my wife gives me on my driving. Uh, it's very useful, and I know she's just trying to help, and uh, that's that's just, that's basically what I want to discover myself with. Thanks, honey. <laughs> and and the reason for that is because of a comment he made last hour that oh, his we wife don't, we don't have to rehash just it. happened to tune in and hear at that particular time, <laughs> and so she. Old uh, wounds, yeah. So I w- I would I I do one of two things. I'd walk in uh, whatever door you normally go in. Go in the other door. Okay. Don't turn your back to her. Okay. Sleep with one eye open, and bring some sort of a gift, maybe a, a little something that would uh, you know appease her, or at least distract her long enough for you to get to where you need to be. Unless somebody has some room under their double wide that I could stay. There for the you night go. With the dogs. <laughs> I've got a uh, three person tent out in the jeep, so you're welcome to it. <laughs> Just in case you that, get that. <laughs> that the chair. <laughs> I dude, I've been married for like 20 years, so. Uh, I know. Uh, yeah. You learn little things along the way when when. <laughs> You got to have a backup plan. You have the the, uh, the occasion to open mouth and insert foot. Yeah, you always got to have a, a buddy. Listen, man, I did it again. Uh, you don't mind if I come over and stay at your house for a few days, do you? That's funny. Yeah, so uh, they had a meeting on December 21st, and I went in, and it was kind of surprising because there was a ton of deputies there. So oh, great. Usually, when, and you know, the, the, agendas, the agenda items were like uh, community foundations trail and tax abatement. So when there's like 25 deputies and records personnel from the sheriff's office all sitting 
jamming the left side of the room. That usually means there's going to be a pay raise or something like that. Or, but I couldn't see on the agenda where that was going to be an, an issue. So I was kind of waiting uh, to see what they might be there for. Uh, the first item was the Community Foundation Trail. And that basically is, again, we've talked about the Magic Dragon Trail. Uh, Jan Pertle was there, and he was basically giving an update to the commi commission about how their, their plan was progressing for how they were going to build basically what's intended to be like a mountain biking family use trail network all over the Lake of the Ozarks, similar to how the Katy Trail operates. The idea would be that it would give a year-round tourism revenue for the area without, you know, we're dependent on the lake, but when the lake's not really busy it's it, mm. you know businesses will start to tail off yeah the katie trail is not up and down it's a pretty level thing is yeah. this really mountain biking or just I think, recreational yeah i yeah. think it's i mean i say it more because people will think oh i can like dirt bike on the trail and i don't think that's what the trail's intended right. for yeah. i think it's more kind of supposed pedal to be for bikes. Yeah, pedal bicycles but yeah so it's the the climate's good here northwest arkansas has really benefited from the same type of plan of course theirs was sponsored by the walton family mm -hmm. which makes it a little bit easier mm, yep. to raise money so they said that uh, they've raised $150,000 in contributions from private groups. They've basically then gone and, and they hired a uh, trail design company to basically plan it out. And that's going to cost them about $78,000. And they paid 50% up front from their contributions that they got. Uh, the, the company's named Progressive Trail Design. I think they might want to <laughs> look into a different name if they're going to be operating in, yeah. in the Midwest or definitely mid-state Missouri. I don't think people are, are really eager for anything progressive at this point, but uh, I guess once you choose the name, you got to stick with it. So, right. the, so yeah, so basically they're also going to use $25,000 for materials. They're going to build a bike skills course over by the YMCA that people then, kids can come and practice different, I guess, jumps or, I'm not a, Bicyclers, bicyclist, <laughs> bicyclist. Right. So I don't really know what all's involved. Um, so there was some discussion. Commissioner Gohagen wanted to give them some money from the passport fund again, and then they talked about how it might be from uh, ARPA. And eventually, the commission made a motion to to basically earmark one hundred and fifty thousand dollars for the Magic Dragon Trails once that money becomes available next next year. So, and that's all going to come. I think they've got most of the money tied up in a CD right now, but once that CD cashes out, I think January 15th, that ARPA money is going to be available. Hmm. And then we might see that we've earmarked $20 million of it when it was only actually 8.9, but hopefully somebody's keeping track <laughs> of all the money that's yeah. been earmarked <laughs> for mm. next year. Uh, Commissioner Hasty uh, announced that passport services was open again. So they just reopened it. So the, the commission is now available to provide passports for people. Super. No one's shown up to get passports since I they opened it. I need to get it. mine renewed, so well, I'm ready. I got my form all filled out. Yeah, he said that it might have been because of COVID and people really weren't trying to get passports. I thought it might have been because they advertised uh, the passport <laughs> services was open in the Lake Sun Leader like they do all their other uh -huh. public meeting announcements. <laughs> uh -huh. So and, and it's interesting that you bring that up, right? Because you mentioned earlier that you you have to either buy the paper wherever the newsstand is, you know, or the newsstand, the paper machine, machine mm -hmm. or you have to subscribe to it online. Yeah, I mean, you, when you go there, it might give you like one article. It might be one of those deals where you can get one article, and then you have to then you have to subscribe basically after that. There's a paywall when mm -hmm. I go there, so I think that maybe is not a great way for the county to advertise bids because there sh could be an issue because now people have to basically pay the paper to get access to the bid. So. And, 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 and another thing, I mean, uh, you talk about when they put uh, uh, 
uh, you know, properties on the, the people meet on the courthouse steps to talk about a property or, you know, whoever wants to buy the property like or might be interested. Tax sale. Yeah. Yep. There's another good thing to uh, maybe figure out another way to do that people don't have to spend money to get that information. Yeah. The, uh, then there was tax abatement. Apparently the, the gentleman on the tax abatement had, had was deceased. And so I think there's two times, th there's two basic exemptions for tax fines and tax penalties. One is if you, uh, were in the military and I guess you were deployed. The other one is if you died and didn't pay your taxes, they'll waive, I don't, they don't waive the taxes. <laughs> I think they waive the fees and penalties, but uh, yeah, so this gentleman apparently managed to avoid paying those fees. By dying? The ultimate solution <laughs> to avoiding <laughs> paying your fees and penalties. When in doubt, just croak. Yeah. So, so then that, that was supposed to be the end of the meeting, but then Commissioner Gohagen brought up that he wanted the, uh, to talk about getting the county employees premium pay using the ARPA money. So ARPA money, one of the things it can be used for is premium pay, and there was a big discussion among the commissioners as to whether that was going to be legal, a legal use of the money or not. And uh, basically, I know Camdenton is doing it. and That's something to do with it being retroactive, right? Right, so it's illegal in Missouri to pay people for something they did, employees for something they did retroactively, like you can't. But the idea is they, they pay people who are currently employed, who are technically currently working through the COVID times or whatever. And uh, so there was a lot of dispute over whether it was legal. The, the consulting company that we're paying $200,000 for to tell us how to use our ARPA money said that there were other counties that were gonna do the same thing. You can't call it a bonus. It's not allowed to be called a bonus. It can't be called a raise. It's basically just a premium pay payment that you can give to employees. Uh, basically, Commissioner Hasty was, was not willing to do it unless they had a written legal opinion from uh, BKD, which is the accounting firm we're using to consult on ARPA money. So, I mean, the legal advisor to the county was there, Charlie was there. I, I assumed he's there to give legal opinions, but mm. in this case, they decided that it should be a lawyer who works for an accounting firm who should give the legal opinion, and they wanted it in writing before they agreed to it. Uh, Hasty did say that, um, that he had been told by someone from the Missouri Association of Counties that they could not do it, but that's also the same association that miscalculated our road and bridge money from the gas tax fund, made us overestimate by like four times, I think, how much we were gonna get. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and Hasty also said that, and this is what he said, you have to prove that 51% of the employee's time that was used was 100% related to COVID. So this might be common core math. I'm not quite sure how half, that all works out. Half of the time <laughs> <was> 100%. <clears throat> the answer isn't what's important. It's how it's the work you do to arrive at that answer. No, I think if you put the 51 and then put 100 under it, I don't uh, know how it works. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. doesn't that mean that none of it could be uh, COVID-related? I, I think he's trying to say that most of it has to be all related to COVID. I don't know what it means. Yeah. So there you go. There's math. So uh, Greg Hasty then complained, the Commissioner Hasty complained that this item wasn't on the agenda, so it shouldn't be discussed. Commissioner Gohagen mentioned that it was old business, so he was kind of just bringing it up again, which is ironic because Commissioner Hasty many times has brought up things that aren't on the agenda, and it wasn't a big deal then, but I guess they just didn't want to address it now, especially when you have like 20 sheriff's deputies and, and records people just silently staring at you while the whole thing is going down. So Commissioner Hasty kind of changed his tune after, after taking the temperature of the crowd, I think. And uh, they decided that they're going to try to look into it. They're going to try to get it done before the end of the year. Uh, there's about 300 employees who would be eligible for this. No elected officials, basically just the, the regular 
paid employees, and they're thinking of doing either a thousand or two thousand dollars, somewhere in that range for the premium payment, which would be three hundred thousand to six hundred thousand uh, dollars. So it's not a small. So does that mean it's a one-time payment? It would be a one-time premium pay payment. Okay. Using the which funds. looks a lot like a bonus, but can't no. be called that. No, it's not a bonus. <laughs> it is not a bonus. So, so one of the things that came up that I thought was interesting, and this is also good for having audience members, was uh, one of the people in the audience who basically said, because they were like, well, we hope we can get a legal opinion from BKD before the end of the year. And she said, well, you guys are paying them like $200,000. Like, I think you should be able to call them up and get a legal opinion. And they should be telling you, like, they should be keeping track of how much ARPA money has been earmarked and meeting with the county and kind of going over how much is left, what it can be used on. Mm -hmm. A commissioner should be able to pick up the phone and call BKD and have it answer any, have any questions they have answered. It shouldn't be a question of, geez, I hope, I hope they answer our calls or we're not. I mean, they're being paid a lot of money just to do this specific thing. Right. So, so. And everyone kind of agreed. So again, good to have people in the audience who maybe can say something. So, yeah. And that was pretty much the end of that meeting. So hopefully the county employees get the premium pay and, and you know, or at least know they're getting it so they could plan accordingly. Uh, we'll see, we've got a meeting tomorrow, so maybe that'll be a topic for the meeting tomorrow that we can talk about. Okay. So we took care of the, uh, the meeting, but then it kind of delves into some other things that we've talked about here. Um, Last Monday, you kind of primed the pump on it, and then Stacy Short came in and uh, gave us a little bit more information about the situation developing over with the school of the Osage and just exactly what it is that um, that's going on over there. And 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 maybe uh, they've kind of kept things below the radar for a bit, but some concerned parents who are, you know, figuring things out and starting to delve into uh, what's going on over there helping to bring things to uh, the surface a little bit so uh, everybody can have a, a, a look. Yeah, I, th this, the last, last one was mostly about Panorama, which is a survey engine that they use to kind of get all this data from the kids, and then the big questions are where does that data go? Stacy's obviously much more knowledgeable about this, this stuff because she's been doing it for much longer. For me, I was just a parent, like any parent at the School of the Osage, who saw somebody mentioning Panorama and I didn't know what it was. And so then I did some research and you quickly start going down this rabbit hole. This stuff's been around since the 60s, you know, as far as what they've been trying to do with Panorama, uh, engines to do contribute to like social emotional learning, CRT. So you get a lot of these acronyms. And so I kind of did just started looking into it for myself and I thought it might be useful to other parents who are similar to me who like just didn't know about it. I mean, you. We basically would see it on TV or, or on Fox or whatever and think, oh, man, that school district's in trouble. Boy, I'm glad our school district's not like that. Like, School of the Osage would never do that. Well, that trust is gone now from me, and I'm sure it's gone from a lot of other parents uh, when we started to kind of look into what was going on. And so, and I'm, I know we always say this, like, it's not about the teachers, like, we're not against the teachers. Yeah, okay, but some of the teachers are into this, and... It's trying to say, we always feel like we have to say it's not about the teachers, we support the teachers. It's kind of like I feel like when I'm a veteran and everyone always has to say thank you for your service to me, like every time that they ever find out that I'm a veteran. I appreciate that I'm not being treated like a like the Vietnam vets were, mm -hmm. but like it'll be like, yeah, well, and I'll be like, hey, can I get a refund on this? And they're like, well, thank you for your service. But no, you're not getting your <laughs> refund. Like, you, I'm like, you could have skipped the thank you for your service thing. So I'm going to say it. We do, we do support teachers. We know they have a hard job, but 
the point is that we feel that there's something going wrong at the school district. And if and we're allowed as parents to voice our opinions. We're not cut out of the process here. So basically, social emotional learning has been around for a long time. Um, it only recently became popular, the mainstream, with the Obama administration. And what it does basically is it's taking the focus away from academic achievement and academic studies, not completely, but it's turning the focus to developing social and emotional skills for kids. So it all kind of boils down to that whole participation trophy thing. Right. And, and so it's, the, the problem is there's, they already have limited time to teach the kids. They're only there for so long. And so something has to give. If you're not focusing on academics, which is what we thought we were sending our kids to school for, what, what's, what gets sacrificed? And a, and a lot of times it's the actual learning part because they're focusing on developing their self-awareness, their self-management, their social awareness, their relationship skills, their responsible decision-making. If that stuff sounds familiar, it's because any parent out there knows that's what, that's what our job was. Right. Mm -hmm. Like we did right. that part. So the complaint that a lot of parents will have about social-emotional learning is, the common complaint is, they're doing the job, trying to do the job at school that I'm supposed to do. When my kids get home and have their math assignment, I'm teaching them math. Like, I have to sit down and try to Google mm -hmm. stuff and explain how the math works or how mm -hmm. the English assignment works. <coughs> so you can tell. So and, and also with the teaching that the school is doing socially, it might not it might be contrary to what the family would teach. Right. I mean, in our family, look, I was a I was a soldier. I was a police officer. I got the, the character building down for my kids. Like my wife was a mm -hmm. flight attendant who flew was flying for United Airlines during 9-11. Like we've been through the American experience and and right. we've got strong Christian values. The school's not going to teach your, your kids Christian values. Nope. So let us do it so what can happen is you have teachers who are strangers to your kid basically teaching them these things then they come home is there going to be a value conflict between what the teacher thinks or what the missouri department of education thinks your kids would make them good people and what you think would make them good people mm -hmm. so this can lead to trouble uh the superintendent was pretty clear during the the december meeting that she supports social and emotional development and mental health for the kids um, yeah, we all want our kids to develop socially and emotionally and have good mental health, but that's our job to take care of, and we don't feel mm -hmm. that's the school's job. And so even though they got rid of Panorama right away when they found out that the parents knew about it, uh, it was pretty clear she was sending a message to everyone there that she was doubling down on this social and emotional thing. Um, she didn't come out and say it was SEL, social, but she used all the words <coughs> that you would see mm -hmm. in a social emotional stuff. I mean, right. she said social, emotional. Those are intentional uses of words for us. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. and the whole group of people were roaring, the maroon shirt people who were supporting the superintendent, they thought that was a great thing. So, If you wore your maroon shirt, I wonder if you got like a, a, an extra 20 or 30 bucks thrown into your paycheck. Now, I know a lot of teachers. My, my daughter got out of college as a public school teacher. And in my experience, most teachers are very skeptical of the administration, or they have been. Well, I mean, Is something odd happening in Osage? Well, KB's talked about it before. You know, it's like if you're a teacher and you object to what the superintendent's doing, you can't say anything. Hmm. But if you want to support the teacher, that's called smart uh, upward mobility. You might be management material. like So there is some benefit. to. And I'll get yeah. into a little bit about why teachers would like it. But I mentioned that it's going to take a hit on academics because you only have so much time. So Dr. Laura Nelson has been at Osage <laughs> for a couple years now. Um, and so I looked at the Missouri Assessment Program's uh, statistics for 
like the eighth grade class at Osage Middle School. And this is basically an assessment that the Missouri does of the kids, and three of the major categories are English, math, and science. And they rate them as advanced, proficient, basic, or below basic. So advanced, you can find the definitions of these ratings. Advanced means they have a thorough command of the subject. And there's a bunch of other adjectives that are like really good, doing a good job. <coughs> Proficient, which is I think what we would want our kids to be, mm -hmm. is adequate command of the subject. That's so adequate command of math, adequate. <coughs> Basic is partial or uneven command of the subject. So they can't always do what they're asked to do in the subject. And below basic is basically basic down to like zero, like minimal command of the subject. They basically can't perform it. Don't have a clue. So when you look, 2021, eighth grade Osage Middle School, this is under Dr. Laura Nelson's watch, and she's the CEO, right? They want to call them the CEO. So who's in charge? Who's responsible in a business? Bill, what happens in a, when a business is doing badly? Who's the first person that gets in trouble? Uh, the worker. Right. <laughs> The person the CEO can blame. Well, I was just going to say uh, the CEO, but unless that CEO tries to deflect all of the, uh, the bad karma. Well, let's just pretend like in this case, we're the shareholders, right? And so we've identified a problem. So I'm going to give you the numbers for 2021. And I'm just going to look at below basic and basic because proficient and above is great. We want our kids to be proficient. Now, when we were at the meetings, they, did, they put out some of these numbers and they were always circling the top blocks and comparing us to the state. Uh, proficient and advanced yay and then those maroon shirts would yay they would all celebrate <laughs> so they but you notice that there were blocks that they were missing on the bar graphs they would skip three bar graphs and then go to one that was circled and then they would uh -huh. skip two and go to one that was circled so here's here's the facts 2020 to 2021 english at osage middle school eighth grade uh, below basic or basic was 55.8 percent of the kids so over half the kids were basic or below basic which means they either have a partial or uneven command of the subject or a minimal command of the subject. In math, it was 78.8% of the kids, so three quarters of the kids. I mean, that's astounding because that's just mechanical stuff. Right, and I'm not sure if like, also some of the kids might get moved up and so they maybe test under algebra or stuff like that. There are different topics, but to have three quarters of the kids, over three quarters of the kids testing at basic or below basic, which means they're not proficient. According to their own things, that means they don't have an adequate command of math for eighth grade. And these kids are about to go into high school Science was 58.5% of the kids were basic or below basic. Yeah, that, w that one doesn't surprise me because science is a little abstract. Sure. I the mean, math one is the shocking one to well, me. English is disturbing. <laughs> I think uh, English is invented. <laughs> well, it's because they don't make us sit there and write cursive uh, the, the letters and, and, and use cursive handwriting anymore. And, and I think, and I'll be honest with you, when you do sit there and you apply it from a perspective of having to write it, you know, rather than just texting or whatever they do, I think it makes uh, all the difference in the world because it, in some ca cases you're sitting there and you're, you're writing whatever you're doing, a report or what have you, and you come along uh, to a point where there's a word and maybe there's different versions of the word uh, and you have to decide which one to use. And so do the kids just look it up online? Do the kids talk to their parents about it? Do the kids address the teacher about it? Right, so that's part of the problem, I think, with ha having them all have technology, right? When they're at a young age, when you have an iPad or you're using a computer all the time, do you need to know how to spell the word? Because you can spell check or you can, you know, there's, right. in the math, you know, I mean, there's, they can Google, like I see some of the homework assignments, 
when kids get homework, math homework, you can Google these problems. They're right. not like these problems are online. It's not the, the math teacher did not create this problem out, out of his head. I mean, it's a uh -huh. it's so kids will put these things up online and you can find the answers to all the assignments a lot of times by looking around. So, yeah, it's 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 disturbing. Again, we love the teachers. I want to just want to say thank you for your service, teachers. But, you know, the point is you can't argue if they're going to bring statistics up to talk about what a great job they're doing. We're allowed to look at the same statistics in a different way and and just say, well, there's also some disturbing trends. I mean, really, you're supposed to be doing critical analysis of this stuff. It, statistics aren't, there's a lot of reasons why statistics can be the way they are, but if you ignore them, then how can you, I mean, they're a symptom of something. There is some problem, so. Right. We're gonna jump in, we'll take our final uh, information break here at the bottom of the hour. 9.32, our guest is Dave Moffin. Among the Dogwoods is the blog, and you are listening to The Daily Show right here on 89.3 The Key, also heard at keyradio.live with uh, phone apps for Android and iPhone. So check them out. I'm Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Monday, December 27th. Take a deeper dive at lakeexpo.com. A sonic boom was heard all over Lake of the Ozarks last week, shaking homes from Lake Ozark to Camdenton. Social media was abuzz about the cause of that big boom, and Boeing has confirmed it was one of their pilots flying high above the lake. The St. Louis-based company said in a statement they are required to conduct these flights under their contract with the federal government. A bald eagle has been rescued after it was found injured on Smithville Lake near Kansas City. The eagle was found by Corporal Brian Bartlett. That's after he received a call about the bird. He transported the eagle to a local vet, but an x-ray found no shotgun injuries or broken wings. Blood tests are being performed to see if the eagle is suffering from lead poisoning or a bacterial infection. Missouri Conservation says the eagle will be kept for rehabilitation. Christmas has passed, but there are still a few days to go to see holiday lights around the lake. From the 27-acre display in Lori to religious-themed displays like the one at the National Shrine of Mary, there's a great holiday display for everyone here at Lake of the Ozarks. Take an evening out with the kids and check out the Osage Beach holiday lights in the park or the Christmas Village at Old Kinderhook for a dose of Christmas fun. For more stories like these, head to lakeexpo.com, download our free app from the App Store and Google Play to get more Lake of the Ozarks news. Lakeexpo.com, the lake's trusted news source. Portions of the programming on Key Radio are made possible through a generous donation from lakeexpo.com. Lakeexpo.com is a locally owned daily news website connecting residents, second homeowners, visitors, and the boating community to the Lake of the Ozarks. Lake Expo features real estate and boats for sale, upcoming events at the lake, and their exclusive boating club, X-Tow. Download the free Lake Expo app on the App Store and Google Play. Lakeexpo.com, the lake's trusted news source. Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Monday. Hope your Christmas was good. Now get ready for New Year's week. 
It was a great day for the Chiefs yesterday. They crushed the Steelers 36-10 for their eighth straight win. They improved to 11-4, and Kansas City wraps up its record sixth straight AFC West Division crown. Patrick Mahomes, three touchdown passes. Starting running back uh, Edward Hilaire uh, left the game with a collarbone injury after scoring a touchdown. Not sure how bad that injury is going to be for him. He's a key part of the offense. And again, the Chiefs have won eight in a row. They do wrap up a playoff spot, winning the division for the sixth straight year. Next week, they'll be on the road to play another hot team in Cincinnati. Now, the Packers have the best record in the league at 12-3. and They won again this week. The Chiefs, Bucks, Rams, and Cowboys all one game behind them at 11-4 overall. Cincinnati crushed Baltimore. Bengals quarterback Joe Burrows throws for 525 yards. That set a new franchise record. Tampa's win over Carolina clinched their first division title in 14 years. Of course, not winning their division title last year didn't stop them from winning the Super Bowl. Cowboys beat Washington last night, and they clinched their first division title since 18. Congratulations to the Cowboys. AFC playoff standings. The Chiefs, the number one seed in the AFC playoff picture with two games to go, followed by the Titans, Bengals, Bills, Colts, Patriots, and Ravens. Over in the NFC, number one seed, Green Bay. Uh, Of course, they've got the best record in the league. Uh, They're followed by the Cowboys, Tampa, the Rams, and then Arizona, the Niners, and the Eagles. So uh, good stuff there. College football, some bowl action today. In in fact, one game has been canceled due to COVID reasons. That's uh, the Military Bowl, Boston College, and East Carolina. They're not going to play that today. They are going to play the Quick Lane Bowl, though. That's Western Michigan against Nevada. They're kicking that one off at uh, 10 a.m. Big week for bowl games, of course. The college football playoff national semis will go on Friday. The first game, number one seed Alabama against number four seed Cincinnati. And the second semi, number two Michigan against number three Georgia. That ought to be a lot of fun. College basketball, 6-6 six and six, Mizzou will be busy Wednesday at Kentucky. And the MSU Bears will be at home Thursday against Evangel. Now be sure to check out KB on TV. That's right, KB show on Lake TV. What's burning? You can catch that on Lake TV on Como Channel 90, free on Roku and Fire Stick, streaming live 24-7, 365 at MyLakeTV.com. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Monday. Key Radio is financially supported in part by generous giving from Firefly Valley Farms, coffee roasters and beverage solutions. Firefly Valley Farms believes coffee is a big deal. It's their passion. They owned a coffee shop for 11 years and have been roasting coffee since 2006. When you order coffee, they freshly roast it and ship it directly to your home or office and you enjoy. Nothing compares to coffee this fresh. Firefly Valley Farms also takes pride in supporting growers that utilize ethical and sustainable processing practices. In addition to coffee, they have a family-owned and operated fruit orchard nestled at the bottom of Hudson Hollow on the banks of the Little Niangua River in Roach, Missouri. Firefly Valley Farms protects our land, rivers, our bees, and our bodies by using only organic pest management. Learn more online at fireflyvalleyfarms.com.
This is your chance to get involved in Community Radio Lake of the Ozarks with 89.3, The Key. All right, 939, back with you for the final 20 minutes of The Daily Show. Thanks for joining us. On the program tomorrow, we're going to talk it over with the soon-to-be-retired Parks and Rec Director from the City of Camdenton, Larry Bennett. Larry is uh, calling it quits, and uh, he's going to uh, come in, and we're going to ask him plenty of questions about what it was like to be the Parks and Rec Director for seven years for the City of Camdenton. We'll also meet his replacement tomorrow morning. Wednesday, we've got Ike Skelton on the agenda, and then on Thursday, of course, Mindy Sales with Thoughtful Thursday, and Danny Ellison, the educated redneck, to start the 9 o'clock hour right here on Key Radio. Dave Moppin with us, of course, the author of Among the Dogwoods. I'll ask you for probably the 100th time, and I'll be asking you a lot more uh, in the future of this very same question. If folks would like to subscribe to the blog, how can they do that? Yes, sir. It's amongthedogwoods.blog. You can basically just Google Among the Dogwoods, and it'll come up. There's a, uh, a little spot at the bottom of the homepage where you can type in your email address, and then basically it'll subscribe you to it. So anytime I write something, you'll automatically just get an email that basically gives you the text of it. And if you go to the website, then if I put in a video or, or any kind of uh, photos, you can see them. I don't think you can get them through the email feed. But that way you don't have to, you know, worry about going on Facebook to learn about stuff I'm writing. I try to write maybe once, once or twice every week. And, uh, and all that data that I collect from those email addresses, I scrub it all. I don't hand it over to any third-party vendors, yeah. so you guys are going to be okay. <laughs> that sounds like the county you. could use that <laughs> instead of the newspaper. Yeah, maybe they could just use me to notify people you when there's county uh, meetings. Get it delivered to your home or your computer or your phone or wherever you have it, and it doesn't end up sitting there in your driveway getting run over by the car. And then, there's no of course, pay, no paywall. The, the, rain, the rain and the snow, and then it gets buried, and then it just gets ground into... Uh, uh, the concrete or, or whatever. 58 the high today. We're at uh, 54 degrees, 43 the low with uh, some clouds and maybe some occasional rain tonight. 64 the high tomorrow, 52 on Wednesday, 53 on Thursday, 61 on New Year's Eve and Saturday. Maybe some rain, uh, possibly some snow showers. We'll have to wait and see. 51 the high, 14 the low. But uh, winter weather is going to definitely start creeping up on us as I look at the Extended forecast, we're looking at uh, possibly... I was joking about the paywall. <laughs> yeah, I was considering putting a paywall up, right, so I could make some money, but you know, and then no one's going to read it. Well, you right. could have a Patreon version that has the enhanced features. Well, one of my mottos is <laughs> you always get your money's worth, so uh -huh. it's free. So there you go, folks. Gents, let's go to the phones. Caller, thanks for joining us. You are on Key Radio. Good morning. Hey, good morning. Um, I just want to say... You know, I got a lot of respect for the people who are <clears throat> speaking out uh, about the schools and the issues that they're having, because as you all know, I mean, that talking about schools has been a taboo subject, it seems like, in this country for a long time. I think with everything going on at the national level, it's kind of opening the doors locally. But you got to figure, I mean, in most areas, your school is one of your biggest employers, uh, and it just seems like, and I mean, it, it, it happens here. Anytime somebody says something, hey, what's going on with the school? Or this is going on with the school. You get all the cheerleaders coming out. Hey, there's nothing wrong, nothing whatsoever. It's like the uh, the abused wife syndrome, you know. They're just, they want to say, oh, no, everything's good. Um, and also, you know, and I've talked about this before with some people, just the symbology and the identity that people have with it. You know, once a Laker, always a Laker blah, 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 so on and so forth, uh, school spirit, colors. So it's one of those subjects that's always 
nobody's really wanted to talk about. You might talk about it in private, but business people don't want to talk about it because it's just like, ooh, you don't want to go there. Um, so I'm just, I'm just calling to say I really appreciate that these discussions are, are happening out in the open now instead of just amongst, you know, person to person, friend to friend. Among the uh, dogwoods? Because it's one of those things that really, yeah, <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> it's one of those things that really needs to be discussed. Um, but for so long, people have been in fear of it. And there's still a lot of people that are. I mean, I, I see people, you know, fairly regularly that say, oh, I really like what Stacey's doing with the school, you know, what you all are doing, but I, I can't say anything because of my business or because my friend works there or my cousin works there. And, you know, for anybody that's a teacher that might be listening, I mean, I would say you gotta you got to be able to separate things. Yeah, it's your job but it's really, truly not your identity. So when people are saying things, you know, this is going on with the school, don't take it personal. Be objective. And that's really hard for people to do, especially when you've been in a career for 10, 20 years. You know, it becomes kind of a part of you. And, I mean, between the hospital and the school, those are easily the two biggest employers in the area. You know, Carl, I think that, uh, interestingly enough here, you talk about teachers, and I think most people get into teaching because they want to help kids. They're not as involved or uh, they, they, they don't necessarily follow all of the politics surrounding the school board until they get in it for a while. And maybe they experience something that makes them stop and think that, uh, yeah, I, I need to take a closer look at maybe some of the policies and procedures that are involved in the district. I recently talked to a teacher who said they now have a deputy superintendent which falls somewhere in between the superintendent and the assistant superintendent and this guy's crack at the whip on on the school district to improve their math scores uh, and and not just improve them let's say uh, from last year but when the district was doing rather well and uh, they had some decent math scores 2013-2014 but also I think what we're seeing is uh, school uh, officials, uh, people with the Department of Education, people who are in a position are, are kind of letting their guard down more now in this day and age. And they're, they're basically revealing to us what it is they want to do with our kids. And I think Dave made some, some good notes here as far as self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, relationship skills, responsible decision-making, all things we as parents should be doing with our children and leaving it up to the school to provide our children with an education and maybe steer clear of all these things of, well, how do you feel today? Do you feel glad? Do you feel sad? What about your teacher? How does your teacher make you feel? Do you feel like, you know, when you go in the classroom and then you're kind of allowing the patients to run the asylum to some degree? But I think now that the head of the Department of Education has come right out and said, hey, look, we don't want parents being that involved with their kids' education. Parents need to play a lesser role in a child's education. I don't know about you, but that sure as heck would make me perk up. Well, absolutely. And, you know, this is this is another thing that doesn't get talked about a lot, maybe. Uh, but, you know, I, I always say this to some of my friends that as far as like the ideological culture war, um, if you look at traditional conservatives, right, we want to when we're, when we're looking at a job, we're looking at things with upward mobility. We're looking at, we want to get a job that we can move up in, that pays really well. Those are what we look at for rewards. Whereas on the liberal side, 
they look, how can I make my ideology more mainstream? How can I influence the next generation? And for many, 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 many years, the, the, the liberals have leaned more towards education. And that's why, I mean, my gosh, my mother-in-law was an administrator um, at the school where I'm from. And I've seen the literature that she gets from the teachers union and, and the Missouri coalition of blah, blah, blah. It is all slanted. You think CRT is bad. You should see the stuff that they're feeding the teachers. Um, and and it's, it's because we as conservatives have left the in-house unguarded because we, we don't, we see the teacher's salary and we think, you know, that's not a job for me. I, I want a job that I can make enough to provide for my family. It's just kind of our, our nature to want to, um, you know, have a better career, have a better life for our family, so on and so forth, to where we look at these maybe lower-paying jobs and they don't interest us. So that they get involved in it because of ideological reasons. And unfortunately, that's, that's what's got us where we are. They, they have for so long controlled the reins of the school. And the old saying that whoever uh, rocks the cradle, the hand that rocks the cradle controls the world, is absolutely true. If you look at the social uh, aspects, the social uprising of America over the last 40, 50 years, it has come from our schools in a lot of ways. Uh, and, and this social-emotional learning stuff, I don't know what to think of it other than it feels like um, it's just another way that they can pigeonhole kids and you know maybe, maybe find kids that uh, subscribe to beliefs that the school uh, or that the education system, you know, wants them to, um, you know, I don't know. I, I don't think that it's something that they should be going into. Now, the subjects on the surface sound great, like you said, things that parents should be teaching their kids. But when it's the school teaching it, when it's the education department, and you know the slant that they have, then you kind of have an idea of where they're going with it, and it's not somewhere that I would want my kids going. Well, yeah, so, I, I try to. Anyways, okay. thank you for your time, guys. I try to be reasonably fair about this stuff. I mean, even when I write on the blog, I try to look at both viewpoints. So one of the questions that would come up, if why does why do teachers, why are there some teachers who would support social-emotional learning? The fact of the matter is a lot of us are probably really good parents to our kids, and we do a good job of if my kid has a problem at the school, you can call me down there, and you bet that I'm going to take care of business, and that kid is not going to – she's going to come back the next day, and there's going to be a big apology from her about how she behaved. But there's kids out there that don't have that kind of parental structure. There's parents who think it's the school's job to feed their kids, to teach them. I ran into parents when I was at our old school where they thought it was the teacher's responsibility to make sure the kids did their homework. So they get some of these kids. There's some parents who maybe didn't, were never taught parenting skills by their parents. They were, you know, for various reasons, they just dump their kids off on the school. And the, the kids can be disruptive <clears throat> in school. So I get why teachers, the, the big thing that push, one of the big pushes for social emotional learning, the popularity is based on school discipline. Disruptive students, when you look at the statistics for Missouri schools, one of the big stats that they show first off is expulsions, in-school suspensions, they track all that stuff. And you know, there's, then you get into areas of racial disparity where in California there were accusations that teachers were, were uh, overwhelming majority of uh, black students were being given in-school suspensions and stuff like that. So California basically outlawed it to say you couldn't give them suspensions anymore for right. behavior stuff. 
Let's take another phone call, caller. I appreciate you uh, hanging on there. Are you still with us? Yeah, I'm still here. Go right ahead. Hey, uh, good show again this morning. Can you hear me? Yes, go ahead. We're just respectfully right. listening. Um, one of the quick things I wanted to say, uh, you're right on the on the topic here of dead on the problem, and part of the reason we see CRT and this whole social-emotional learning is obviously people, somebody doesn't think that what we as parents teach our kids is correct. My greatest concern now is is that here everybody's risen up and they, they're making headway and stopping it, but the bigger issue now is in this new trillion-dollar budget that Biden wants to pass, they want to get their hands on the pre-kindergarten. And, boy, you talk about a, a sticky wicket. Um, you talk about developing kids. You know, from three to six are their most formative years. Think about that. If the government now pays for the schooling, you know, prior to kindergarten, uh, they're just going, all they're doing is moving the bar back a little bit so that they can have a greater influence. And parents need to step up here. That's yeah, my opinion. I agree. You know, and something else that kind of comes to mind, isn't it easier, isn't it easier to take an opportunity rather than these kids <clears throat> coming and learning, reading, writing, arithmetic, and then going home and, and dealing with all the other things that we talked about, the self-awareness, self-management, things that parents are supposed to teach, I'm referring to Dave's notes, <laughs> and and and, and uh, the thing about it is, it, it, isn't it easier to just get them all in one room and teach them these sorts of things across the board, right? And then it'll start sticking. And so rather than you know going home and little Johnny or little Janie, uh, you know what did you do in school today? And then you know maybe there's an issue or a problem that the parents have to deal with, uh, how it's you know being handled in the home. Now you get them all into this classroom, you get them in here in mass, right? And you start shoving this kind of stuff down their throats, and then they go home, and what mom and dad says really doesn't register anymore as much as what the school is trying to teach them—the social emotional learning. And so then you got a bunch of mindless drones who you're basically just sitting there and programming. Well, think about it from a teacher's perspective: like, what's giving you more of a headache during your school day? The fact that once a year the kids basic or below basic score 58 percent or the that you have a kid who just wasn't raised right and his parents don't care mm -hmm. and that kid is disrupting your class every day right. and throwing a fit and ruining the experience for everybody and what do you do do you suspend a kid can you expel an eighth grader from a school like what yes so, well so these are but so these are the dilemmas that the teachers have so i guess i get why some aspects of this are attractive to teachers and like i said i try to uh kind of give both viewpoints from both groups so you might ask, well, what happens? Why don't we then just have the more troubled kids go into an SEL track and we have the kids who are able to handle themselves in the classroom? Called them sweat hogs. <laughs> yeah, go into, that's right. It's been done before. Well, the reason why they don't track the kids on two separate tracks is because they know that when you analyze those two tracks down the road, the academic achievements for the SEL group won't be as high as the ones that are actually getting the in-class instruction and focus on academics. It's a tacit admission by them that they know they can't divide the groups based on social behavior. Plus, there's other accusations. People will say, why is my kid in the SEL group? Why isn't my kid getting the same academic education that, that the other kids are getting who aren't getting SEL? 
So, I mean, they're basically admitting it by saying it's much easier for us, like you said, yes. let's just teach it to all of them, even the kids who don't need it. Like, KB's kids are, are good, well-adjusted kids. They behave in class. We're not going to... We're still going to teach this stuff to them because we're afraid to separate a group and give them this special training. Well, and here's something that a lot of parents don't think about unless their child is involved in special education. My ex-wife was a special education teacher for 20 years, and she was basically handed what could be considered the throwaways. The kids that don't care, the kids that maybe have some sort of a problem at home, uh, the stories that you know I could tell, are, and, and I don't want to get into that, but that's another aspect of it now, too. You know, you, you've got certain groups, you've got certain situations, you've got certain educational procedures that they go through for kids that are, you know, they need special education. And, and, and do we even talk about those procedures? Do we even talk about those kids anymore? How are they addressed? You know, what is the situation surrounding them? Because not, you're not going to get a, uh, you're not going to get a classroom full of, you know, uh, top-notch kids. You're going to have some bumps and Bumps in the road, like we talked about earlier. Well, I mean, I was a bump in the road. So I was one of those kids that was not a good kid mm -hmm. who would test really high in assessments and got terrible grades because I came from a terrible home. <laughs> yes, I was angry all the time. Right. One of the things I wanted to point out, I, my family's from Mexico, Missouri, and so I have a lot of friends there. One of my, basically my adopted sister is, works there, and she started a program in Mexico public schools called the Bright Futures Program, where they take the kids to businesses and get them internships, like at Spartan Light Industrial Construction and stuff like that. What they had was they had a lot of kids, a lot of the kids were, didn't have a lot of great role models at home. And so like the school nurse would have kids come see her just saying they had a stomach ache and really they just wanted to talk to an adult and they would come four or five times a week. They started a lunch buddy program where it, it first it was maybe 30 or 40 people like the police chief and people like that that would go to the elementary school and have lunch with the same kids every every day that week, like on this particular day. It got so popular that now they've got like 150, 160 leaders, people within the Mexico community that go, so you'll go to lunch at Mexico in the in elementary schools and you'll see the police chief, the fire chief, county employees, city employees, bank presidents. They've got the same kids. They sit with uh, cadets from the Missouri Military Academy come and sit and have lunch with these kids. And uh, now the kids don't go to the school nurse anymore. They built these bonds with these local community leaders. Cost nothing. Yeah. Let's take one more quick phone call before we run out of time. Caller, thanks for joining us here on uh, Key Radio. Good morning. Oh, shoot. Good morning. I wish I'd have called in earlier. Sorry about that. But there's one. I hate to pile on the problems, but there's one more thing. And Missouri's about to get a whole bunch of money from the federal government to do it. And it has to deal with homeless children, as it were. Uh, these are kids that maybe uh, uh, they'll crash on a friend's couch for a week, and then they'll be at grandma's for a, a couple of months, and then maybe they'll be back at mom and dad's or whatever. They're calling these kids homeless, and one of the problems, there was a lady out of Marshall Missouri that talked about it a lot, and what they'll do is they'll actually take the kid's word over mom and dad, and if kid doesn't want to live at mom and dad's house, maybe because the rules are too strict, uh, then they can take these kids in and call them homeless and set up a whole bunch of money and give them a place to stay and so forth and so on. Uh, there's, there's, I don't know how many millions of dollars are coming Missouri's ways for this program, 
But uh, that's just another thing the government is piling on this that we've got to look out for. This is something our school shouldn't be doing at all. Gotcha on that, but I do know that there are a lot of kids, and, and you'd be surprised at the numbers. And, and you mentioned the fact that maybe they travel around a little bit and they stay on somebody's couch for a couple of nights or a week or a month or something like that. But there are actually kids that I've seen, and, and they've documented that live out of cars and, and things along those lines. So that's kind of a touchy subject. That's... Uh, you know, six of one, half dozen of another, but I, I understand exactly where you're going with it, and uh, thank you for the phone call. We appreciate that as we are uh, up against the clock. And Dave Moffin, 